Welcome to the MTBH Internal Podcast, where we bring MTBH news and thoughts to life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our very first internal colleague podcast at MTVH. Whether you're in the office or out in the community, listening whilst you work, taking a break from your busy day, or perhaps you're in a networks van on the road to your next job, we hope that this podcast finds you well. Now, you might be asking some questions right now, like, why are we doing this podcast? Why this moment in time? And who is this bloke that I'm currently listening to? Well, to start, my name is Matt Perry and I work in the Corporate Affairs team at MTVH. And as for why the podcast, well, we wanted to bring stories and updates from around MTVH to you in a way where you can hear them from the comfort of anywhere you are. And we're also keen to try this in a new format to what we already do in the comms team. And to kickstart our series, we have decided to focus our inaugural podcast on the end of the 2022-23 financial year. And today's show will be reflecting on the past 12 months at MTVH whilst also looking at the future. Um, as we all know, the external environment has been a particularly challenging uh, one for the social housing sector. Uh, the past year has seen a number of significant changes and developments. There's been changes in funding from that and regulations to growing pressure on areas such as sustainability and digital transformation, um, just to touch on some of them. And to get us into that reflective space, I'm delighted to be joined on our very first podcast by our very first ever guest on the podcast, our very own Geeta Nanda. Um, who will be sharing her thoughts on the past 12 months at MTVH, as well as any personal reflections. So welcome, and thanks for joining me today, Gita. Hi, how honoured I am to be your first <laughs> podcast member. Well, it couldn't really be anybody else, could it, really? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's great to have you on, and yeah, I look forward to sort of delving into uh, the questions that I've got lined up for you. Um, but first, before we get into that, um, to kick things off, and for a bit of fun as well, I'm going to now try and give a kind of overview of key moments that took place across the UK over the past 12 months and the past financial year. Uh, I'm going to try and do this within a minute and I'm going to try, I, I'd love to get any thoughts from you, uh, from yourself about any of these key highlights as well, anything I maybe missed perhaps. Um, so yeah, I'm going to try to do this as quickly as possible and I'll, maybe I'll play some sort of dramatic music or something over the uh, background whilst whilst I'm doing it but you won't be able to hear that that'll be editing in after <laughs> so on that note I shall go so we've only had three different prime ministers within the past 12 months one of whom was outlasted by a famous cabbage we've also had six different housing ministers within the year um so yeah it's been a pretty busy year politically um, COVID restrictions continued to ease over the last 12 months. It became less influential in everyday activity. England once again failed at a World Cup, but every cloud has a silver lining as the Lionesses reigned supreme at the Women's Euro 2022 tournament. We, celeb <laughs> we celebrated 50 years of pride throughout the UK with various events taking place across the country. Um, the country also became a bit wilder, with animals reintroduced to our lands, such as bison and beavers, which is great, but just don't try go petting pet a bison. Um, the Elizabeth line opened and we were all able to actually stay cool on a tube, especially as we witnessed one of the hottest days on record, and boy do I remember that. Uh, we came second in Eurovision after 24 years of being one of the most disliked countries, only missing out on the top spot to Ukraine. The power of TikTok increased in the UK, highlighted through the viral Biddly Mega Chippy, which had over 760 million searches on TikTok, and also saw people queuing for hours to get in. 
And last but not least, speaking of queues, thousands of people came to London to pay their respect following the death of Her Majesty the Queen, with the queue to see Her Majesty Line Estate reaching 10 miles at its peak, with some queuing for 24 hours. Just don't mention Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. So that is my reflection from the past year. Hopefully what a year! Good. Yeah, what a year. What I mean, year. is there anything that sticks out to you, Gita? Well, I mean, it all sticks out, doesn't it, really? I think, um, I, I mean, for me, the, you know, the number of uh, prime ministers and housing ministers was, um, you know, something that I think any conference you go to or anything you go to, everybody kind of talks about, don't they? Because the mm. impact on, on the country, impact on the economy um and impact on housing has been sort of huge during that time but you know it's, it's the heat wave remember the heat wave the I heat wave yeah the, the heat wave is raining we've not got any sun and yet last mm. year we had that massive uh heat wave which had its advantages and disadvantages but you know well i thought i was talking yeah. about climate change and now we're into you know damp weather so yeah. we're going on well, I, I mean, I, I remember because I, I thought I was sort of being clever going into the office on that day until I realised all my trains were cancelled on the way home and I had to take the uh, central line, northern line, which was pretty awful. But anyway, um, now, OK, I'll bring the attention back to our organisation at MTVH. Yeah. Um, so in the run up to this podcast, you shared a sort of statement with me and the rest of the internal comms team. And it was something that we decided we wanted to use um, and dissect on this podcast. So I'll read the statement out and it was... We are progressing, we don't have government solutions, and we've been used to deflect from some of their key responsibilities. So we have to come up with solutions ourselves. We are on our way, but we have to have a seatbelt on, as it's going to be a bumpy ride. We have more to do, and we will get there. So with this statement in mind, I'm just going to ask you some questions about that. So oh. I think... <laughs> so I think first and foremost, I'll start with just saying, so the 2022-23 financial year, now done and dusted, uh, we're now at the start of May. How are you feeling? Well, it's always interesting when you get to the end of the financial year because you start all over again, as we all do. We've kind of mm. got our budgets, we've got our own outturns, etc. And, so and then you sort of say, okay, here we go again. But I think, you know, for, an, for us as an organisation, we had a very good year last year. Um, and I say that because, as you mentioned, um, it's 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 been difficult, and it's been really difficult because, um, you know, the the cost of living crisis has really impacted on our residents. You know, poorer people have been impacted more than um, you know any any other group, and we're really seeing that. But we're seeing it in terms of demand. So we've had a big increase in demand across the board for all teams, you know, who are dealing with anything. There's been an increase in calls, increase in demand for our services. And um, that has an impact on, on all of you, you know, all our colleagues, really, in terms of, of how they can deal with it. But we've also had a bit of an onslaught from um, external bodies around us as a sector. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, and the media reception that's gone with it, and it's felt like a bit of a kicking. Mm. Um, and you know, I think for me, that's deflected from the fact that we're not building enough homes. Yeah. When we need more homes because we need better quality homes, and um, and actually, we need more money to fund our existing homes to a standard in which our, our residents can you know feel comfortable in. And all of that is being pushed on us. So we've we've had, you know, stories of damp and mould. We've had, you know, ombudsman determinations around how the sector needs to do more, how it needs to change, increasing demand, higher levels of requests. 
mm. um, for our residents. Quite rightly, you know, they want more, but um, there's a limit really around what we can do and how we can do it. And I think why I say um, we've had successes is because I feel we've nav- navigated that, that well as an organisation. Yeah. Um, you know, there is more to do. And I always say that because when you work in housing, nothing ever is finished. You know, you can, you can, you always, it's like painting the fourth brush. It's sort of constantly starting and, 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 you know, doing more things. So we always have to be mindful of how we can better serve our customers, what we can do with limited um, funds that we have available, but also sort of delivering on our, our key demands. Sure. And um, yeah, I suppose, like, like you kind of touched on, so we 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 don't have the sort of government solutions and that kind of external help. Um, and like you say, it was used to reflect some of the responsibilities. So could you could you expand on that a bit more? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, in, a, in, a, in an ideal world, what would we want um, from government? We want, we'd want a clear housing strategy. We'd want funding to meet that strategy. So it would yeah. be, you know, we need homes for people everybody says you know having a home is the most important thing in life it's you know gets you to a good start whether you're a child at school you know whether it's your health whether you're an older person whatever you know families housing gives you stability so everybody says that but what we've seen is in uh you know private rental sector which has rents that are unaffordable for a large number of people we've seen increases in homelessness increases in people in temporary accommodation Mm. and um you know we we're seeing more people living in existing homes which are not suitable for their needs so we've got all of that so what do you do you know you would have a housing strategy you'd have a long-term plan you'd have um all the elements you need in order for that to work now that's not there and of course government is restricted in terms of what money it has it can't just throw money at everything um so there are restrictions so i think for us it's okay with that what can we do as an organization what are the things that are within our control to help us kind of get through this um, period of time where we're not going to have you know money thrown at us from government where we know we've got that increasing need where we know existing residents aren't being met but we've still got to keep building new homes because otherwise you just have a aging stock so for me formulating our way through that in terms of how we are going to work as an organization what we're going to do is really important and that means for mtbh we are going to carry on building new homes because we don't have wanted ever decreasing old stock we are investing in our existing homes but we're not investing enough and Mm. we're looking at how we can um look at our existing homes which are in poor condition where we're doing building safety works where we have large decarbonization uh, needs you know that are thrown upon us about the standards we have to meet and uh, which homes we need to sell so that we can reinvest back into our investments of new homes and existing homes so you know what we're doing is trying to work through that and also look at who are the new who are the new kids in town used to be <laughs> us it's not us and there's, there's lots of, sort of for-profit uh, registered providers around and other people that are looking to build affordable housing so yeah. how can we utilize our skills our expertise to work with them and that's got to be part of the solution because you know everybody's looking to those with money um the legal and generals mngs pension funds of this world are looking at where they can put their money and um so you know we need to think um creatively about the sort of partnerships that we build to be able to continue 
mm. where we're not going to be able to afford to do as much as we want to do on our own. So it's those sorts of things that I think are really um, important, mm. you know, as well as um, those, I always say those local partnerships are just important. You yeah. know, the community organisations really understand what's going on in our local communities. Um, and, you know, we've set up our, our MTVH Foundation this year as well, where we mm. want to bring in funding to, um, you know, supplement the, the money we're already putting in on in our, and around our investment in communities. So those sorts of par- partnerships are really important as well. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, you've, you've mentioned there are ways that MTVH are progressing. And my next question was going to be, do you have any other examples of how we've progressed over the last 12 months? But the MTVH Foundation there is a perfect example of that um I yeah. don't know if there's any other things from the top of your head yeah I think that one of the things I'm really excited about is our technology projects so mm. you know lots of people across the organization have been hampered by systems and separate systems across previous mergers in, in the organization so uh you know having a real plan now for one housing management system mm. for our CRM and utilizing that so we've got better information and with that because it's not just about the system it's about the processes that go with that yeah. how we can simplify things that's that's a really important project because it will impact on everything from how we manage complaints how we manage communication with our residents end to end all of that's really important also really pleased that we've got going on our sort of training programs particularly for our um our manager managers and leadership programs that we're putting in place you know we're doing more about training people in the organization we've had great progress in terms of our building safety um management of our buildings you know we've actually got the first deal uh, ready now with one of our developers who are around remediating one of our most difficult estates Okay. And then day to day, we're seeing some fantastic work um, in our care and support teams in, in, you know, networks on the ground. Um, you know, despite these massive inflationary increases we've had, you know, sort of 18% really on our, our um, building materials and that, we're still managing yeah. to, you know, really, really get good deals and get, um, you know, keep, keep delivering for people on the ground. So, you know, I think that's a lot of the things I'm talking about is we're we're really moving forward, whether it's on our systems, our people, our finances or delivery for for our residents. And, um, you know, I'm really proud of that. That's great. No, that's 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 great. And I mean, um, before I kind of talk about ask you some of the sort of positive stuff you've seen over the last 12 months, um, what I was actually wanting to ask you was that was there actually any time over the past kind of financial year where what were the kind of toughest things for you that kind of happened, either personally or from a job perspective? Um, w- was there any time where you thought, wow, this was a, a big challenge that we had to kind of overcome or you had to overcome? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, personally, I lost my sister. Um, you know, she passed away and um, bringing her home to my mum's and caring for her for the last few months of her life was incredibly difficult very very close to my sister and you know we we did a lot of things together and it's all the the loss of all the things you're not going to be able to do in the future and I think you know I don't think there's anything tougher than uh you know the loss of someone close so you know personally that was a a, a huge thing for me to overcome and Mm. um but I had a lot of support and so you know I'm really sort of grateful for that and I think um 
you know, I think it, it, it at work, it's it's the criticism. <laughs> I yeah. think you know, there's a lot of there's been a lot of um, criticism about respond. You know, do we respond to things on time? And a lot more demands. And I think that's that's tough for all of us because. We all come here to make um, things better for our residents. You know, we, we, we you know, I, I don't meet anyone in, the, in this organisation that doesn't have the same um, end goal in terms of what they're trying to do. They're trying to be here to to make things better because they believe in what we do, believe in social housing, believe in, in, mm. in providing good services. So I think it's incredibly tough when uh, you're under the spotlight and you have... Um, you know, people saying you don't care and, um, you know, residents saying we don't care. Um, I think that's really tough. And I've found that personally tough because I know we do. And I know we, we respond as much as we can. But mm. I think that, that's pretty tough. Yeah. Um, so thanks for that. And was there anything that you witnessed over the past year um, that really reminded you of how important the work that we do is at MTVH? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there's lots of things, but for me, there's none other than going out and seeing the teams and, you know, seeing some of the services we provide. Mm. And that's from, you know, going out to um, Tappan Park for regeneration and seeing that move along. I mean, quite substantially, the sort of shift and change is there, which shows us the power of if we have the resources to actually you know, completely regenerate areas and estates where where they're past their sort of best best life and can bring, um, you know, a mix of activities. So I think that, that's been um, really positive. Just things from, you know, sitting in on the, the, the hub, you know, the housing hub and the property mm. desk and seeing how much more of the um, issues they're dealing with first time and how they're, um, you know, always trying to find solutions so they're not just passing people on but delivering mm. um, things in that sort of um, first time fix I think it, it is really good mm. I've really enjoyed all the um, you know the, the awards the VIP awards that we did which is really about celebrating um, a lot of the people who work in the organisation who um, you know been nominated by their teams and you know all the work that they do and and I, I learned so much through that as well through those nomination processes you know people say this team has done an amazing job because of this or they've done their amazing person because of that and so you learn so much about things that you, you don't get to hear about every day um, mm -hmm. in the organization through those nominations and those teams as well um, so I think, you know, there's been so many positive stories and news about what, what we can do um, as an organisation and, and, you know, how much money we've brought in to support our residents or saved mm. um, our residents. I think those are those are massively uh, good stories for us. Mm. I mean, yeah, you mentioned the VIP awards and that was, um, yeah, that was really good. I was lucky enough to be there myself, of course, <laughs> um, taking pictures and whatever. But um, would you say... That's one of the, the the funnest moments you've had over the past twelve months, or is there anything else that may come to mind? Um, I mean, yeah, I think that's one of the funnest moments. I, I actually love um, talking to residents. Yeah. Um, so you know, I was um, talking to to the, the um, chair of the customer council and some of our other residents around 
you know, the positivity now that exists around um, some of the mechanisms we've put in place for to, to listen to residents. Um, and, and that's really good. And, and, and just being out on the state and talking to some of our residents as well, mm. you always get that, you know, they never, they never hold back around yeah. what they want to, what they want to tell you. Um, and, you know, especially if you're the CEO, they, they've always got a hundred things to tell you. <laughs> sure. But, um, but it's also about um, the, you know, the, 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 the fact that actually providing homes for people is, um, giving them that new start in life um you know and, and especially going to see some of the, the people we're supporting you know in our homeless projects or you know people who've kind of really been in temporary accommodation or out out of good accommodation for a long time and then they're getting that sort of first start and the difference it makes um to their lives and you know i mean some people have sort of been in temporary accommodation and commuting you know, for miles across boroughs to just take their kids to school. And mm. you think of the stress of trying to have a job and, yeah, you know, deal with moving your children around all the time. So it's those mm. those things that really bring me to life is really listening to the impact we're making yeah. to our residents on the ground when you go around and talk to them. Yeah, no, it, it reminds me of the last live we had, which um, Jane, Jane Long hosted, where we had um, a resident come on who lived one of our sort of housing care and support schemes down in the White, White House. Yeah. Um, and th that was just a really great, great story from someone who came from being homeless to, um, you know, getting support through through our colleagues. Um, with that, so, so speak about that. Is there anywhere in, in life that you go to for any kind of inspiration? Well, I'm always, um, you know, there are a lot of teams in the business that really inspire me because of, of the patience they have. You mm -hmm. know, when, when I talk to the complaints team, that they're so calm and patient and they've got a really difficult job really around objectively looking at um problems that exist and getting results from the rest of the business but things like how we respond to particular events so we had a big flood at Sydenham house and it's the way we respond to some of those sort of mm. complex or difficult sort of situations which really inspire me and if that was if i was to say one person it would be my mum mm -hmm. um she's She's amazing uh, tower of strength and uh, inspiration because nothing, you know, she manages so many difficult things with um, always a smile and always an open heart. And um, yeah, it just didn't, she always inspires me because uh, if I'm frustrated or if I'm tired or whatever, she always has the words that lift me up. So if I was to say it was one person, it was her, but I'd say the things that inspire me in this organization is a lot of the things about how we deal with crises, how we deal with difficult situations. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Um, well, I'm just going to ask one more kind of question looking back on the last 12 months, or maybe 24 months in this case, because at the end of May, um, we'll also be passing on our role as the head of the G15, the, the group of London's leading housing associations, which we've chaired for the past two years. Are there any reflections from yourself on this and our role as the head of the G15 as we pass the torch on? Yeah, I think um, it's been very interesting doing this for the last two years because everybody wants to talk to you about everything. So you kind of, you know, you're the sort of centre of, of, of the, the housing world for people to come and talk to you. And I think, um, you know, what we've what we've achieved as an organisation running the G15 is, you know, difficult time because 
large housing associations in London aren't the most popular at the moment, but actually people have come to us for ideas, for knowledge, for information, for statistics mm. about uh, what's going on and what we need to do to get things better. And we've managed to actually, you know, defend our position and get a better position for ourselves. So, for example, the 7% rent settlement, a lot of that was done because of um, um, our activity and showing what the impact would be on organisations like this if uh, if the rent was 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 um, cut further, if we didn't get a, an increase of that level. You know, we've managed to get to Homes England and the GLA to change their rules about how we can use some of our grants so that we can keep things going. And lots of people come to us with solutions rather than just to whinge, but about how we can actually do things and do it better. And we've made quite a lot of political contacts and we've got people coming out and seeing what we do and how we do it and why it's important. Um, and we've managed to get um, MPs to, you know, undertake select committee reviews or feed things into the reviews they're undertaking at the moment, which is all about uh, raising the impact of housing as a solution for people in this country, um, as well as, you know, the campaigns to make sure that our residents get a fair deal in terms of, of um, you know, social security or, 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 or um, you know, universal credit, all of that. We've been talking about the impact on our residents of the difficulty cost, uh, the cost of living crisis is having. So I think it's been an eventful two years. It's been a lot of work. But I think we've had a real impact in showing that actually there are solutions and you just need to talk to us. And as a sector, we can um, come up with those solutions if you give us some flexibility and mm. latitude in terms of, of, of how we operate and what we do. And then if you know there are laws or rules that are applied to housing organisations, showing them what the impact will that will be. We're not going to change everybody's mind. You know, there are political reasons why. Mm. Um, organize, you know, government wants to to put things on us, um, you know, requirements on us, but we can show what the impact will have. And that's the best we can do is to say, well, this is what mm. the impact will be. And then eventually, when people understand the impact, they might change the rules. Mm. So, um, you know, it, it's it's been an eventful few years, but one which I think has, has done us good. And, uh, you know, we've managed to move the dial as well. Mm. And I mean, you've you've mentioned some of the kind of challenges already um, whilst we've been talking, but moving forward then into the next 12 months, what do you expect the kind of main challenges to be over the next 12 months? Well, I think the main challenge is, is going to be the fact that we have, you know, people are going to be vying or talking up what they're going to do for the next election. Mm. Um, and in that time... We're not going to have, as I said before, we're not going to have the government government solutions for us in terms of what we need to do. Mm. So I think there's going to be more uh, rhetoric around the, the election and what's going to happen. There's always talk about housing in the lead up to the election, and then there's never any manifesto commitments to it, which just frustrates <laughs> the hell out of me. It's a bit like, you know, you talk about it because you know people are interested in it, and then you don't put any sort of solutions down so I think mm. you know we're going to see more of that and I think there's going to be more um, demand and pressure on us as people uh, you know feel the feel the sort of bite in terms of cost of living in, in, impact and you know I think the media scrutiny scrutiny will continue mm. on us I mean they, they've you know it's very high on the police at the moment it's you know high high in, um, in other organizations and um, industries so 
things do shift around, but I, I don't think we're going to see any let up of newsworthy stories mm. for us. And I said, I think that means that whole way of operating, you know, social media, etc. And then, and then we're seeing technology just change and advance so quickly that we just don't know what that's going to bring. All the GPC chat, all this sort of stuff. Yeah, you know, no, what, yeah. what is that going to mean for us? I don't know. So I think I, I don't know either. Yeah, you know, we're going to see quite a a shift, I think, over the, the next few years. But and 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 I think. Um, you know, really understanding and why I'm so excited about the projects we're doing around our CRM, but our data projects as well. Mm. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're going to be able to better use the systems and the data and the information we have about our properties and our customers to really help us sort of drive that change. We've, we've got new consumer standards coming and the regulators are going to really want to get a grip on this. So I think, you know, that's, that's helpful, really helps us sort of push ourselves really in terms of understanding how we can deliver better and how yeah. we can do it smarter really would you say that's one of the things you're most excited about going forward i think you could you could tell that couldn't you <laughs> i could tell you yeah. unfortunately yeah. i was going to be able to see your face on the podcast <laughs> I mean, we've, got, we've got money on decarbonization you know we've been yeah. really successful there yeah. um you know we've got we've got you know we've got years ago when people started up housing associations they have nothing and from, from nothing they built a sector of what we've got now mm. we've got an awful lot you know mm. we've got a lot um and yeah we've got pressures on us but we've got an awful lot we can do you know we have the wit about us to see our way through yeah. this over the next few years until we start beginning to see you know some um, more noise about how we actually deal with the um you know, housing crisis that there is. So, you know, I think things will come through. You can't push back the fact that we've got a social care crisis. You can't push back the fact that we've got a housing crisis forever. At some point, mm. things have to come through. But in that time, there's loads of things that we can do and loads of um, talent in the organisation and, and ability to see our way through this and work out what it is that's most important, what's going to really drive results for us as an organisation. Mm. I had a question now for you sort of around diversity and inclusion, if that's okay. So obviously yeah. it's often said that MTVH is a very diverse organization to work for, which is so important and obviously great. And we're always looking to take steps to improve this at the same time. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, coming up this year, you know, we've got the G15 F50 in house in awards. We've got the 75th anniversary of Windrush, which we'll be doing a lot of stuff over. Are there any thoughts from you on where we are on this journey uh, to making diversity and inclusivity systematic at the organization? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think and I hope that we're an organisation that's leading on this because mm. it's about everybody in the organisation having an understanding and and taking it to be normal that, you know, that diversity is a really important thing for us to be talking about, for us to understand within our teams because it's that talent which will drive the organisation and um, drive the business. So for me, the most important thing is that we keep talking about it. We don't think okay we're done and dusted or you know we we've we've got the solutions because one things will change a lot and two we haven't we're not there yet so we need to keep talking about it we need to feel comfortable about talking about it whatever that is whether it's around euro diversity whether it's about gender whether it's about race you know that we have we are comfortable talking about issues which are out there and you know everybody everybody talks about them 
it, you know, in a normal environment. So we've got to feel comfortable talking about them um, and, and also about how it impacts our customers because we're quite good about talking about it in terms of our colleagues. But there is, you know, a huge amount of direct and indirect discrimination in terms of housing and who is housed and who has the poorest housing. And we've got to, I think, elevate those discussions around, you know, who's most impact, impacted by this housing crisis as well. Sure. Well, thanks for that. That's the uh, kind of main questions that I've had for you. Um, so thanks very much for your time with that. But before we end, I now wanted to move over and do some sort of quick fire this or that questions with you. Yeah. So, so colleagues can maybe, you know, get to know a bit more about your interests and what you what you think about certain subjects. And um, I'm going to try and answer these as quickly as possible. So obviously no pressure. Um, so, for example, if I was to say to you cats or dogs, you would say you'd say cats, which in my opinion is obviously the correct answer, but there's no correct or incorrect answer, of course. Um, but yeah, but so here we go. Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Holiday on the beach or city break? Oh, both. City break. <laughs> <laughs> city break. Sauce on the side or sauce on the top? On the side. Visual learner or verbal learner? Uh, uh, verbal. A good new TV series or a good new movie? A good new movie. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Cadbury's or Galaxy? Mm. Tony's Chocolatey. <laughs> uh, curveball. Have you or... ever had it? I, I have, no, it is quite nice to be fair. But anyway, <laughs> camping or glamping? Glamping. See the future or change the past? See the future. Gin and tonic or gin and lemonade? Gin and tonic. Summer or winter? Summer. Indian cuisine or Chinese cuisine? Indian. <laughs> Football or rugby? Football. And Zoom meeting or an in-person meeting? In-person. So it's good to see I failed at that for this recording. But no, <laughs> I'm joking. But thanks. No, that's brilliant. So, uh, yeah, just to dissect some of them. So... City break over holiday to beach. You're quite torn on that one. Um, is there any? Well, I like them both. Yeah, but no. If I only do one. We'll, we'll, we'll all take a holiday, I guess. Is there any? Where's, where's the best place you've been to recently? Recently, well, uh, Costa Rica. I, I went to earlier in the year, which was just phenomenal mm. because of the flora and fauna and animals. Um, you know, it was just beautiful. So. Um, that's neither city or beach, really. No, well, yeah, no, it's a bit of a mixture. I've heard it is lovely, though. It'd be great to go one day. <laughs> and I had one a weekend day. in Dublin, which um, was brilliant. Yes, no, I've done Dublin a couple of times, yeah. <laughs> a lot of Guinness. <laughs> uh, capital glamping, you've got for the glamping, which is... Uh, I, I don't, I've never fair. actually been glamping. I've only been glamping, <laughs> but um, I would love to go glamping. Yeah, no, it would be good. <laughs> Any festivals or anything you've got lined up this year? this year actually because that's unusual usually we do go to a festival um but my husband got a camper van recently so um i think we will if the weather ever gets better better we might just go off in the camper van for a weekend somewhere yeah. and uh you know see how it goes no that'd be great um uh, i guess the last one i'll touch on so you chose good new movie over good new tv series Are there any good films or any any great movies that sort of inspired you recently or just anything that you just love watching 
Yeah, I said movies over um, series because sometimes I just struggle to finish a series or have the time. But I did watch Beef recently, actually, which uh, which was quite which is quite good. But it took me about six months to watch it all. So I'm not <laughs> regular at sort of doing them. And movies, um, um, I haven't actually been. You know, I know I say that, but I haven't actually been to a movie for. A while, so but it de- I definitely want to go and do. So- I do enjoy going to going out to the pictures. I haven't, I haven't been to. So I'm just trying to think, racking my brain. No, the last yeah. one I saw was so cheesy that I think if I said it, you'd just all go, "Oh my god!" But I can't remember <laughs> what it was called, but it was very cheesy. And I very think cheesy. it was just like sometimes you want that light-hearted nothingness that you can kind of, um, you know, rather than anything too intellectual. No fair. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll leave it there with you. Um, so, yeah, thanks for your time again. And just before thanks, we, fi- no, it's a pleasure. I mean, just before we finish, is there any other thoughts or any messages you want to send to colleagues at MTVH? Yeah, I think uh, my message is that um, you know I really appreciate everything that everybody's doing in the organisation, and I know you know it's remarkable how much energy and effort people put into into their work and into their jobs and that, uh, and that's why I love this organization um and I know things are tough and I know it's difficult um and I think that's when it gets tough that's actually when we're at our best so um I'm looking forward to new ideas and new mm. ways of doing things because I think it's um through tough times that you come up with your inspiration and your you know new ways of doing things and that's great as well so thank you to everyone that's great. And thank you, Gita, for uh, spending some time. And um, we hope everybody's enjoyed listening to the podcast and it's hope it's been kind of thought-provoking and informative. And yeah, here's to hopefully maybe doing some more down the line. So thanks for listening and hopefully see you again soon. Thank you. Thanks, Matt.